Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Welcome into the Eastern Insider Podcast. So happy to be with you on this President's Day. But Alex, I know more importantly, we're on the eve of Fat Tuesday. Get ready, boys and girls. Another big show upon us as we celebrate and give you a little flair from the bayou. Alex? Gotta Great. love a, a little uh, excitement to get ready for the week. Oh, you know that I love Mardi Gras week. It's uh, not the same this year. You know, I've seen pictures on Twitter and Facebook of uh, Bourbon Street down there in New Orleans, and it, it looks like a ghost town compared to normal. So certainly sad. That's why you got to keep doing your part, everybody, to, to get this pandemic over with, because I've gone down to New Orleans before around Mardi Gras time, and it is a crazy atmosphere for sure. They know how to party, but Greg, you know, just behind me where I'm doing this recording in, in my office, I've got the Mardi Gras tree up. That's a, a tradition that you see a little bit more down south. So I'm paying homage to some of my friends and family down there. I've got the, uh, you just the want tree. an excuse not to take down the Christmas tree. Just admit it. Well, I think that's an added benefit that you don't have to take down the Christmas tree. But you've got to admit, with it actually looks pretty nice with some of the, the beads on there. Of course, I've got the rubber chicken on there, which is another tradition a lot of people don't know about. But literally down there in the streets, they throw rubber chicken at you. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it's as rowdy as like an EMU football homecoming game. You know, and of course, something that doesn't happen down in the South that we get here is our punchkis. And that's a big day. In fact, I drove by Dom Bakery this morning, Greg, and they literally just have posters up, pictures of punchkis. It doesn't even say anything on them. That's all people in Michigan need is just a picture to know that tomorrow is a day for extra fatty donut-like punchkis that are just jammed with your favorite fillings. Well, instead of uh, the usual... uh fruit or custard filling. There's a special flavor for those in Southeast Michigan tomorrow. It's snow filled as we're also supposed to get a dumping of snow. So get ready for that. So more reason for us to celebrate staying inside, running those snow blows. That's true. And it's an absolute, absolutely good reason. If you have missed a few episodes or are maybe just starting your listening journey with us here at the Eastern Insider Podcast, the great news about it, you know, you go to SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple, uh, emueagles.com slash podcast. Greg, all of our episodes are archived. So when you're snowed in tomorrow or you've got those headphones in because you're plowing about nine inches of snow off your driveway, you got plenty of time to catch up on all of our episodes. So certainly do that if you haven't. And and on a, on a serious note, Greg, for everybody, if you have to go out tomorrow, if you have to go to work or, or wherever you may, you may uh, have to venture, please be careful because certainly we have yet to see a big snow this year, but we're used to it. But there's always those people on the on the roads. Typically those Ohio born drivers uh, like yourself that are just swerving all over the place and giving everybody headaches. So just wherever you go tomorrow, be careful because we want to see you back here uh, when you can finally at the end of this pandemic. I resent the fact that you called me and my brethren from Ohio that, but we'll, we'll let that escape. Uh, The week that was for Eastern Michigan athletics, a pretty strong weekend across the board. We saw some really high notes. What we saw a school record set 
earlier this week by EMU track and field as Katie and Clark was able to set the record for the weight throw this week, uh, tossing it as far as you and I would like, 19.82 meters in the weight throw. So congratulations, Katie and Clark, for that mark. Uh, And then we also saw gymnastics have a strong output. They put up a season high in a victory over Kent State. Eagles go three, uh, two and one against the Golden Flashes this season, which is a fine mark knowing that Kent State usually at the top of the Mid-American Conference ranks. And we also saw volleyball pick up their first win of the year. So big performances across the board. We still haven't seen basketball in a little while. Trust me, the ability to see hoops, we're on the cusp. We're going to see men's and women's basketball return here in the very new soon future. We are. Basketball is going to be back before you know it. You know, Greg, you mentioned volleyball getting their first win. That was really a nice road pickup for them. And gymnastics, not only going to two and one against Kent State on the season, but a good positive note for them, their score yesterday was their highest of the season. And in gymnastics, we know that you do compete against other teams, but really those scores uh, for your team as an individual score is so important for qualifying for regionals and getting to where you want to go. So seeing those scores can continue to creep up for gymnastics is really important. They did a nice job. And then you said it with basketball, Greg, we're reporting this podcast on February 15th. The MAC tournament is just around the corner. So it is crunch time for some teams around the league. That's certainly the case for our teams as well. And the women right now look like they're in a very good position to get to Cleveland, to, to have a chance there um, to do some things and maybe avenge that tough setback last year when they had found themselves into the semifinals. But of course, the tournament got canceled right before that game was supposed to happen. So an important couple of weeks. And it's always fun this time of year, right? Because you start seeing on Twitter and Facebook all the projections where teams would be right now and uh, what they need to do. So you start seeing those those kind of projections and and what it's going to look like moving forward. So a critical couple of weeks here coming up, Greg. You mentioned it right now. The Eagles would be the seventh seed in the MAC tournament. They will get Toledo this weekend. They test on Sunday in the rare noon volleyball, five o'clock women's basketball doubleheader. Stay tuned. You can watch those games coming up this weekend on the ESPN Family and Networks. Men's basketball will be back in action Saturday at Kent State. When they hit the road, you can find that on WEMU with Tom Helmer back behind the mic. So a strong week upcoming. So it should be a, a fun one. And that's not also forgetting our featured guest of the day. Alex, we are 11 days away from right now getting ready for the boys of spring to return in Eric Roof and the scripty will be loud and proud back south in Montgomery, Alabama to take on Alabama State and oh, I'm, I'm ready. Well, I just think that you and I need to figure out an excuse how to, how to go down there because if we're going to get nine inches of snow, then I envy nobody more than uh, Eric Roof and company about to get on a plane and head down to uh, Alabama. Of course, you and I got on our trip to Montgomery a few years ago, so I've already been giving them some restaurant recommendations, and uh, Eric Roof will tell you, and, and you'll hear it in the interview today, that uh, that's all fine and dandy, but this is a business trip. His team is fueled, ready to go on the season. You know, we've talked about this as 
few times, Greg, there, every team has faced challenges during this pandemic, but there's only been a few teams and baseball is one of them where their season was literally cut short. Baseball missed out on 40 games last season. They were only 14 games into the season. On top of that, they were struggling a little bit at the time that the season came coming uh, to an end. So they are extra motivated and I don't want to spoil too much of the interview, but you and I, of course, both sat down with Eric and he's got a lot of great things to say and a few insights into his personal life too. For those that don't know, his dad spent 30 plus years in the Tigers organization, finally called it quits. So kind of some insights on on what it's like growing up in that type of family as well too. So a really good interview coming up, Greg. Yeah, you mentioned it. You you look at some of the people that returned from a year ago on the baseball side of things. Nick Jones back, he was leading the team with a 321 batting average before the season went uh, bottoms up. Taylor Hopkins was leading the way with nine runs batted in. And Daniel Workington had found his way to get things moving in the right direction. He'd driven in eight, had 19 total bases. The hardest part for EMU was the, the pitching was still starting to figure out ways to, to get improvements. Uh, we, we saw uh, Shane Easter, who we've usually known more as the position player, leading EMU in terms of being out there uh, in his two and a third innings pitch. He had not allowed a run out there on the bump. So getting him back, seeing guys out there as well, Justin Mice, Luke McGuire, Davis Feldman, all reasons to get you excited. And we've also not even talked about Cameron Wagner, who of course was drafted out of high school and had seen a handful of appearances out of the EMU bullpen and struggled mightily with control, had 13 walks in those times, but he'd also had 11 strikeouts in those uh, short time on the mound as well. So uh, you think all those guys now a year improved and that makes you, you feel a whole lot more excited. The hardest part is going to be Alex, the simple fact of them playing so many games in a confined period of time with now the Mac moving to a four-game weekend set instead of the three-game set we've been familiar with. Well, that's absolutely right. The The hardest part will be to maintain that level of play over four-game weekend series, and we don't yet know what the situation will look like if some of those games get canceled. We've seen it with other sports. We don't know how that'll affect baseball, but you mentioned it, Greg, that's why pitching is so important. And you look at Eastern Michigan's pitching lineup. It has the ability to be vastly improved over last year. And coach roof will talk a little bit about that, but Look at a guy like Davis Feldman, who you just mentioned. We have not seen a healthy Davis Feldman pitch since 2016. That's true. 2016, he's been hurt so much in his career. He's had some different uh, battles that he's had to face. And so he comes back last year and only gets onto the bump one time before the season shuts down. And so you've got a guy like that who throws mid-90s that's ready to pitch. Cameron Wagner, who, like you said, got drafted and has finally found some control. When it's a, it's sounds cliche to say, but this is true, Greg, and fans will, will see this as the season goes on. When Cam Wagner throws a strike, people don't hit it. It's just his stuff is that good. So it's really him versus himself on the mound. So the, And then you throw in guys like Scott Granzato, who got hurt at the tail end of two seasons ago, who's very consistent, a southpaw on the mound. You have a guy like Justin Mice out of Pittsburgh, who is really uh, well-controlled can throw the ball is maybe the most consistent pitcher on staff. So you think about all that and it really gets you excited. And that's why we'll let Eric Roof tell you all about the season that's upcoming. But Greg, before we get on to that, again, another chance for our fans to get some prizes. And you and I both have been doing some PSAs. We got to get those people excited about the Eastern Insider podcast and the fact that all you have to do is listen into this episode for the keyword that'll come up. And then Greg, you can send it to us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, what the keyword is, and you'll automatically be entered. So a great opportunity again, this 
this week to do that. Certainly punch us in your phone. If you don't already subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast, please do so. And also make sure when you're on there to, to set your calendars to download each and every week, not only our podcast, but to make sure you set for every broadcast that we have both on WEMU, EMU All Access, as well as our first baseball broadcast. But before you know it, we're coming up. That will be Good Friday. So as we talk about Fat Tuesday, we cap it off with a Good Friday performance against the Miami Redhawks for Eagles baseball back on the airwaves. So should be fun. We hope everybody enjoys a good talk with Eric Roof and so much more. As always, don't forget, let us know who you'd like to hear on these podcasts and we'll do our best to make that happen. As this, of course, is always fan-driven. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. What's going on, everybody? You just heard Greg and I talk a little bit about Fat Tuesday, which is coming up tomorrow. And in a year where so much challenge has come about, don't we all deserve something sweet? That's right. So go out tomorrow, get yourself a poonchki. And that is also the key word for this episode. That's right. P-A-C-Z-K-I. All you have to do is send us the word poonchki to EMU Athletics on Twitter or Facebook, and you'll automatically be entered to win a prize for next week's episode. We hope you have a great and safe holiday. Stay safe with that snow. And more on the Eastern Inside with Eric Roof right after this. Before we know it, the boys of spring will be back in full action as EMU baseball only a few weeks away from getting their season started as we're joined by third-year head coach Eric Roof on the baseball side of things. Eric, how exciting is it when you get back past the Christmas break and know that baseball's right around the corner? Extremely exciting. I mean, it goes back to your playing days. As soon as Christmas comes, you're fired up with Christmas, you know, growing up, um, school getting over, enjoying the holidays with the family. And then as soon as that calendar turns, it's, it's full, full baseball mode. So it's, it's fun seeing the college footballs, the NFLs get into their playoffs because that means, hey, baseball is just right around the corner. And my favorite words are pitchers and catchers reports. So um, we got the guys back on campus and we're fired up for the season. The last time we talked was right after you'd gotten back from, from Kansas State. You had uh, had to tell your guys and bring them home as this whole pandemic started. Never in our wildest dreams did we think it was going to drag on like this. But you, you, you experience that you get them back you have a modified fall schedule how different was the fall but how also great was it for you guys to get that much work in as well knowing that they could be out at the stadium a little bit more than, than maybe normal. Yeah, well, my thought process in the whole thing is always try to find a silver lining in something. So um, although we missed out on 40 games in the spring and probably another 50 games in the summer, let's try to turn this into a positive. And when the pandemic started, um, it didn't matter if it was professional baseball, college baseball, high school baseball, whatever the sport was, no one was playing any type of sports. So um, it's important for our guys to be safe, number one, and their families being taken care of, but also getting through this together and finding that silver lining well, hey, this is going to make us tougher. We can now use this time to work on our craft a little bit more. So um, we met with the guys a bunch. We had Zoom calls. We had phone calls. We texted the guys. I think the guys did a tremendous job of knocking out the classroom and taking care of their business in the classroom, even though we weren't playing games. But as that summer kind of progressed, we were able to get the guys back on campus and have, um, like you said, a normal fall. 
which was great. We played, uh, you know, we had about six weeks of practice. Um, we inter-squatted several times a week. We had our, our traditional team practice as well. Um, the only thing that we weren't really allowed to do this year, which was okay, was play the outside competition. So in the fall, you generally get a couple – uh, exhibition games in the out uh, against outside competition. What that allows you to do is that allows you to kind of put some guys in some different environments to maybe get it, you get you ready for the spring and make it a little bit more game like um, with the fall. But we didn't have that opportunity. That's okay. Um, we still were able to kind of push our guys and get in the going in the right direction to see where some of the new guys were, and then also to see where were some of the the veteran guys coming off of maybe some injuries or maybe, um, you know, working on a couple of things stance-wise, mechanic-wise, drill-wise. So it was actually an extremely good fall for us, and um, we're really, really looking forward for the spring. Going into a season every year, it's obviously a, a head coach's almost – if you will, to say, yep, my guys are hungry. They're ready to go this year. But it's got to be more true than maybe ever. Not that it's not always true, but to have a full season almost, in your case, taken away from you and then not getting any bit of that outside competition, it's going to be almost a calendar year by the time you guys take the field for some real competition. It, do you just sense that the guys are ready to get out there more than ever before? No doubt. No doubt. And I think that's a great question, Alex. It's almost twofold. The first part is you, you're taking away that competition. I think any type of competitor, any type of athlete loves the game. You love practice, but you love going out there and showing what all that hard work is about. And then the second part of it, we had some guys last year coming off some injuries. A guy like Davis Feldman that missed a couple of years because of Tommy John. He was healthy, ready to roll. And now with the season rolling, he's not able to get in that groove that he was kind of looking for. You have that. And then you also have um, we didn't even get to play our conference. So we're not even playing conference regular season games. Um, you have that as well. And then the draft, the major league draft, which every one of our players' goal is to play at the next level. Just like the guys we recruited looking to play at the Division One level, major league draft went from 40 rounds to five rounds. So some some of those guys weren't getting those opportunities that they were looking for. Um, so they are extremely hungry. You know, they've been on a mission since they've been back on campus back in September. You look at some of the guys that we heard about last year, and you got to see glimpses of them. Guys like uh, Daniel Workington and, and all those guys that were, there was buildup. They get now basically a do-over year. And how do you think years like a year like that helps them now going into this this next season uh having that experience even though it was brief to be better in 2021 yeah i think any any first year guy um whenever they come to to division one circuit our level whether it's a high school guy a transfer a junior college player um the wheel starts spinning a little bit you know the the practice is a little bit faster the game competition is a little bit faster so having a guy like cam wagner who gets a, a little bit of a do-over i think he's able to slow things down a little bit, take care of some things in the classroom, maybe put on an extra five or 10 pounds, and then able to make that jump a little bit quicker. So there's guys like that, like you mentioned, Daniel Workington as well, a very successful junior college player to get thrown in the division one lineup. You know, it can be a little bit, um, things can speed up on you a little bit. So um, by having that extra year and having that time to kind of, like you said, a, a little bit of a do-over, they're able to slow things down a little bit and say, all right, this is the same game that we've always played. Yes, there's a little bit more into it. There's a little bit more travel. Maybe there's a little bit more scouting reports. Maybe there's a little bit more exposure nationally on TV or through social media. But it's still the same game. And let's get back to the roots of um, doing what you've always done to be successful to play this game. Well, and on the flip side of that, every coach, and yourself included, has guys that come through a program that you say at the end of the day, man, if I could just have one more go around with that guy, you know, he's just a program changer. And this year, you've got more than one of those guys, but uh, certainly a player like Nick Jones uh, comes to mind when he now gets to come back for, I joke with him all the time and say that it's him and Davis's 19th season with uh, Eastern. They've uh, been here for certainly what seems like that long, but in 
in a way, not only you must feel great for a player like that that gets one more go around, his, his career didn't have to end uh, by you telling him, hey, we're getting on a, uh, on a plane and going home. For you personally, it's almost like you have a fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth coach on the field that, that really knows which way you want this program to go and can help those younger guys as they continue to come in. No doubt. Nick is a uh, is a very, very special player. And on top of that, he's a, an extremely special person. Um, and that was one of the really tough challenges when we this went down in March 13th, March 12th, um, telling the guys that the season was over. There's so much uncertainty going on and you want to be able as a leader to give your guys um, transparency and also clarity with what's going on. At that time, we didn't know what was going on. All we knew is the season was over. We didn't know what that meant with their eligibility. We didn't know what that meant with summer ball, et cetera. So um, those were definitely tough conversations to have and they were real conversations. They were honest conversations. And um, after we shared the news to the guys, there was probably 15 guys that went down to the lobby at Kansas State and we just talked. Some guys cried, some guys um, were sad, some guys were angry, some guys were frustrated, some guys were scared. And we just talked. And I think that was a real conversation that we had as a group. It was something that was extremely organic. It was something that they did themselves. Um, I checked on them just to make sure those guys were doing all right. But you're able to kind of really dig deep in that relationship. So being able to have a fifth year back with Nick Jones, have another year back with a guy like Davis Feldman is huge. I mean, I'm extremely lucky to have Nick back. Our staff is extremely lucky to have Nick back. And like you said, it's an additional coach on the field. And when your catcher is a coach leading the guys, I'll take that every day. People might look at the record from last year and and just see the one win that you got in before the the closure but having been with you guys a couple times to witness uh, how close you really were on the edge how close do you think it was there were just one play one inning that if it goes differently you guys have a dramatically different record knowing that now how do you how do your guys go about seeing that little minute details also impact a game? Because you think of a pitch taken here or a drop ball there, and that really one thing leads to in the next. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think for me, I think the sample size was extremely small. I think if we were to stretch that over 56 games, we would have saw a, a lot different result with our record. Um, with that said, those were the facts. So if you kind of just look at it from a uh, factual standpoint, I think it shows you how close we were to getting over the hump. We're in a lot of close games, like you said. When you're in closed games, every detail matters. You can win a game in the first inning. You can win in the game in the third inning. You can win the game in the ninth inning. You can win a game with your offense. You can win a game with your base running. You can win a game with your defense or your pitching. So just showing those guys the importance of it. Hey, we're right there. But guess what? At the end of the day, we did lose some games. So we got to be better. We got to tweak some things here or there. But I think if you can collectively do that and also individually do that, it can help to kind of see that light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, if, if I just would have had a little bit better at bat, my second at bat, we could have, you know, added one more run, you know, and that could also help our bullpen out. When your bullpen's a little bit thin, you need a lot more runs early just so you don't have to wait till the end of the game. So just kind of that dynamic as a coach, um, evaluating that and letting our players know how the game is played and how the game can, how you can go about your business playing the game, I think shows the guys that we're right there. But again, we got to continue to push through it. We got to continue to push through it. We know it's not going to be easy, but if we battle through it every day, the results will happen. We just got to be hungry and we got to stay with that process every single day and stay 
day being a team. Well, a schedule this year that hopefully will be much more extended than what you got to play in 2020. Uh, 2020. Just give our listeners an overview of, of what to kind of look for this spring, what might be a little bit different in terms of scheduling than normal, and what are some highlights that you're looking forward to as you get ready to, to get back on the diamond? Yeah, well, when you put together this schedule, schedules are put together two, three years in advance. Luckily for me, I put the schedule this schedule together in pencil. I've changed this schedule probably 30 times. Erase, pencil it in, erase, scratch it out, whatever. Um, so early on, you're putting it together. And on top of that, the conference has changed a lot of it, a lot since, since we've put the schedule together. So we've had some teams come in, come out, slide around. So at one point this year, we had 65 plus games, 66 plus games on our schedule. And one of the things that we talked about as a uh, um, conference was we wanted to make sure that if more and more conferences were going to go to conference only play, let's make sure we're playing more conference games. So the one thing that I think um, we did early on the process that I made sure the guys knew about, instead of playing the three games a weekend, we're playing four games a weekend. So you're going to play one game Friday, two games Saturday, one game Sunday. Um, it's a little bit longer of a weekend, but that can also ensure you to make sure you're getting your games in. Um, the other extremely challenging thing with this year is the testing protocol. So not only is our guys on campus, but they're getting tested every week. And we're going to get tested once we play our games. For baseball, we have to be tested within 72 hours of our competition. So by playing four games a weekend instead of three, it actually is cheaper financially to play those games on the weekend, four games on the weekend for one test rather than three games a weekend for one test. So you're able to mix in that a little bit. Another change that we had since May is there's no conference tournament. Again, that's really challenging and that's really tough to tell our guys, hey, there's not going to be a conference tournament this year. As a, as a athlete, you always feel like if you can play your best baseball late, your best games late, you're going to have a chance, right, to win a championship. No conference tournament. The silver lining that I see in it is we're going to play 20 games in May. 20 out of our 55, 56 games are going to be in May. That's 40% of our games are going to be in May. thing that I love about that, number one, it's warm weather, right? We're going to have some really good weather in May. We always do. We're going to be playing those games when it's warmer. Number two, the guys like it. School's out. Our guys, you're going to take their finals end of April. School's out. And at that point, it's basically just the baseball players that are on campus. So you're with your guys. You're hanging out you're playing games and you have good weather. So um, there's a lot of different factors that kind of evolve with that whole process. But I think uh, we have 40 conference games. So there's 20 home games right there. And I think we have another three or four. So you're talking 24 home games, which may be the most home games that I've played um, or coached um, at any at any school. So you get to play 24 home games. You get to play 20 games in May. There's a lot of things that we can kind of, um, you know, excite the guys, even though maybe you have a little bit of initial letdown with not having a conference tournament this year. I'm excited to sit out and hopefully knowing those 20 plus games in May not have to wear a coat like I bundle yes. up for in March when we usually get going one of the the downfalls of the season though is the Big Ten will not be playing non-conference games you won't have games against Michigan or Michigan State this year and you nearly didn't have games against Bowling Green as there they were talks and discussions and action taken that they dropped baseball they are back though they'll play you'll have them and Akron a team that last year you didn't get to meet uh, in their first year back from base into playing baseball but seeing the league shake up this year knowing that everybody's back how do you see the the Mac as a whole shaping up knowing that top to bottom you guys are much improved but everybody else also got to bring back a lot of people too I think you're exactly right. I think when you you, you break the season down this year coming up, um, there's a lot of factors that are going to lead up to, there's going to be some extremely talented players playing college baseball this year. There's going to be some extremely talented teams playing college baseball this year. And again, it kind of goes back to the draft. The draft was five rounds instead of 40 rounds. So you're getting guys that potentially 
are playing in A-ball that are now going to still be playing in college baseball that usually would be playing in professional baseball. So you're going to have a highly talented um, collective group of college baseball players, um, which will make for an exciting challenge for us, an exciting opportunity. You're going to see teams across the league, and we've got a couple guys across on our team that are throwing 92, 93 miles an hour, 94 miles an hour. And it's not just one or two guys. It's a handful of guys. So you're going to see some really highly talented arms, and you're going to see some guys that are going to have to combat that offensively. Um, but you can look across the league. Kent State's going to be a good team. Central Michigan's going to be a good team. Miami's going to be a good team. Ball State's going to be a good team. There's going to be a lot of really good programs out there. For me, as a competitor, I want that challenge. And our guys want that challenge to go against those guys and um, we're lo really looking forward to it. One other change this year is that your dad has officially retired from Major League Baseball and I know in your lifetime you've he's always been on the go doing things. How different was it uh, this year to have him maybe slow down maybe now have a chance to spend some more time with you and your your brothers and even your sister because he's been out on the road so much and, and maybe take in and, and help you and, and JR a little bit more at the stadium this year. Yeah it's it's been crazy. Um, my whole life I've always seen him on the move. He's very rarely sitting on the couch just hanging out. He's moving here moving there, um, doing this or doing that. Um, so when the pandemic started, not only we, were, we weren't playing, but the major league teams weren't playing. So he was stuck at home too. And um, early on in April and May and June, it was kind of let's hunker down in place. So we didn't really want to travel to Kentucky to see my family. They didn't really want to travel up here. Let's just kind of hunker down, stay safe and kind of um, ride this out a little bit. Uh, but as the pandemic started to continue, major league baseball kicked up and got going. So they actually had a, their, basically their spring training 2.0 was in Detroit. So it was really cool for me and Jonathan to be able to see my dad and, and talk to my dad. Now, we didn't get a chance to see him face to face that much because he was testing every day and he had to kind of stay in his bubble up there as well. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I remember when he, he told us officially that he was going to retire. I said, Dad, do you realize you've been with the Tigers longer than I have been alive? And he goes, no, no, I've been I've been with the Tigers since 84. And I'm like, Dad, I was born in 86. You've been with the Tigers for longer than I've been alive. And he's like, oh, wow, you're right. Um, so it's just crazy to uh, to see him kind of go through that journey and watch it from afar. But I think he's really excited about that next stage of his life and his journey. Um, and the main thing is going to be spending a little bit more time with my mom. You know, as a baseball coach, baseball wives, baseball moms are they're going straight to heaven. There's a lot of times where they, my mom would take us to our baseball games at one o'clock and then we'd go to the Tiger game at seven o'clock. So she's at a baseball field from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. And then once he gets home, we still want to play baseball, right? When we wake up, we still want to play baseball. So um, I think he's really looking forward to spending a lot of time with her. But I think selfishly, he's going to find a lot of enjoyment still staying in touch with me, Jonathan, my older brother, and my sister as well, where he can kind of come in and come out and um, kind of have that grandparent style where if things are going well, you've come in for a couple weeks, then you can kind of slide out and pass the kids back over to the um, their parents and um, really still stay in the game, really still stay in the game. So um, I'm going to use his knowledge. I'm going to use his experience to help us out. And I'm hoping he's going to come out to some games um, this spring and watch us. Well, you know, why don't you get back on the show with us in about six months and you can give us a report on if your mom's still excited that he's uh, home every day, because I know that might be fun at first, but uh, there's a reason they've been so successful probably. <laughs> 
Well, think about this. So every, basically every Valentine's day he takes off and then he'll come back basically Labor Day. So you're, you're right. You're talking about six months gone. Uh, my mom will probably in about two months, probably want to kick him out of the house and say, Hey, take him, take him with you. I was going to say maybe her best Valentine's day present has been getting up to off every, every no doubt, no doubt, no doubt about that. And on that note too, you know, you talked about your dad and and we've talked a lot about your brother, obviously here. And um, of course you've got your other siblings are successful as well, but your mom deserves some credit too, because you not only talked about her as a baseball mom, but one thing we also know about her is that she served this country uh, as a member of the the military. And that's, that's not uh, something you see so often. So if she's listening in on this, I know that we are uh, so thankful for, for that service as well. So certainly a a super mom, if you will. Uh, And I know we don't have to tell you that, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. She's where we got all our hard work from. She's where we got the determination from, the grit from. And uh, it's really cool to kind of see both sides of it, right? My dad in professional baseball and then my mom taking care of us and then serving the country as well. Well, we can't wait to see you and hopefully both of them out at the stadium this year once everything clears up just a little bit more. We uh, There's nothing like a weekend uh, warm day at O-Strike and certainly the community comes around that and loves it as well. So uh, until then, stay safe. Good luck as preparations ramp up and we'll hope to see you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. That's head baseball coach Eric Roof as his team gets ready for their 2021 schedule. More on the Eastern Insider right after this. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.